0: Debates, roasting, and fun in Jeep Nation's newest podcast, Breaking Ring Rust. And it starts right now. Hey, Jake, it's your boy, Rockin' Mr. Magic here, and this is a bonus episode of Breaking Ring Rust. With me in this triple threat returns the cold heart, JT, the tag team partner, and returning, and I'm not going to call him our Heather Locklear as JT does, the franchise, Matt Privet.
1: I'm making my run in. How y'all doing? Hey, what's up?
0: (laughs) So, on this episode, we're just going to chat about something wrestling-related, of course, but a little bit more fun. We're going to talk about what made us become wrestling fans. So, as our perpetual run-in guest, we're going to let the franchise go first and just talk a little bit about what made him a wrestling fan.
1: Well, I've been thinking about this quite a bit since... uh... I was approached about this topic, and uh, it's very simple for me. Uh, I was a bored nine-year-old on a Saturday night flipping through channels in Charlotte, North Carolina, and Superstation TBS, 605, World Championship Wrestling was on, and I was taken aback by what I saw. And It wasn't the first time I'd seen wrestling on TV, but it's the first time I'd paid attention to it. And it was the Rock and Roll Express defending the World Tag Team titles against the Midnight Express, the Super Towns on the Super Station Bout. And that is the match where the Midnight's won the titles uh, and Jim Cornette hit Ricky Morton, I believe, with the uh, tennis racket. And I was just aghast and disappointed. And I didn't even have an emotional investment in any of these guys yet, who would all turn out to be some of my favorite people ever in wrestling. But I was just taken back by the drama and hooked immediately. And from that point on in 1986, I was watching everything I could, and, of course, that meant Jim Crockett Promotions in Charlotte. We didn't get a lot of WWF at the time. Uh, it would be another year before we had UWF. We did get AWA and uh, World Class sometimes on ESPN, but I was all in from the get-go, and I wanted to see the Four Horsemen dead, uh, at least for a little while. I, I kind of grew out of that eventually, but, uh, man, The Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express, two of the best ever tag teams. I could sit down and watch any of their matches right now. And that's what got me hooked, man.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Cold Heart, I'm sure you've got a similar tale to tell.
2: Yeah. When I was, some of my earliest memories I was telling somebody this week are honestly involved watching wrestling, being at my nanny and pawpaws, and they loved wrestling. And my pawpaw was this tiny, tiny little man and he would watch and he would sit on the edge of his seat and he would just yell at the TV and he would get so worked up watching it because him, you couldn't tell him it wasn't real. There was nothing about it. And this was the days where they made you believe it was real with the Wahoo McDaniels and the Greg Valentines and people like that who were hard hitters. And I remember them telling me, oh, we heard this is going to happen on wrestling today and watching this. And we're talking about when I was like three years old. So it had always been a big part of me. Um, When I was seven years old, my grandfather was watching wrestling on a Saturday night, which was nothing new. Um, And he got worked up the way he always does. And he had a heart attack and he uh, ended up dying from that. So uh, wrestling is directly connected to my papa's death, but was such a big part of his life and you know for me there's a part of me that feels like i'm honoring his memory by being a wrestling fan at the same time you know i remember the people that really stood out to me ricky steamboat was my favorite wrestler until i knew who barry windham was and you know uh steamboat was you know the man in my book i didn't think anybody could beat ricky steamboat and i remember seeing so much stuff over the years with steamboat and then seeing steamboat out in charlotte uh you know shopping at grocery stores and stuff like that and you know it what which wasn't uncommon and i eventually went to steamboat's gym uh and worked out and got to work out with ricky a few times but you know those guys really to me the concept that none of this was real was so foreign to me none of this was none of it was real to my grandfather would, would have been a, a, a completely foreign concept and uh i was just hooked i didn't watch uh, the first time I saw WWF was like 1986, uh, Flair or not Flair, excuse me, Hogan and Nikolai in a flag match, uh, and I didn't see it again until 1987. But uh, yeah, Jim Crockett Promotions and my grandparents had a lot to do with me becoming a fan.
0: Wow, that is wow. I did not expect the the grandfather passing away part. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay um my story is definitely not that interesting um or impactful um being a little bit younger um i watched wrestling in the 80s but i really wasn't a fan um because you know this was you know the hogan dominating era and i was just very meh on hogan um, I got tired of seeing him all over the place. I was tired of the rock and, you know, rock and wrestling cartoon. I was tired of seeing him on Rocky and everywhere everywhere else as they're doing Hogan poses. So um, I was not really a, uh, a fan until WrestleMania 10. Um, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon made me a wrestling fan for life. That ladder match um, is what put me over. It solidified Shawn Michaels as my favorite wrestler. I was a, ta- a fan of the Rockers the tag team beforehand, um, but I had like Michael. made a uh, an emotional uh, decision as far as who I was really gonna be cheering for, and that match put it over for me. And I was a, a Shawn my- I was a click mark at that point, um, and and still am. i did not however being from the midwest and and living in the north my entire life i did not see much um of anything nwa or or mid south or wcw until a little maybe a year or two before the monday night wars kicked off so a lot of those years of you know flare matches and such and those were things I had to discover, you know, later as uh, tapes started to circulate and you know streaming services became more prevalent. Yeah. You I miss glory days.
2: Yeah, I think one of the best moments for Matt and I was he and I went to Starcade '93 together, and we sat six row ringside and saw Flair beat Vader for the world title, and that was a to me it was a big moment. And, and Matt and I weren't even that close at the time, but I remember. Uh, telling him, hey, Starkade's coming to Charlotte. And he was like, we're going. And uh, that was a big, big uh, moment for me as a fan to see Flair in the old Charlotte Coliseum wow. uh, win the title. That was actually the first time WCW or NWA title changed hands in Charlotte.
1: Yeah, especially because Flair, you know, Flair and Charlotte are synonymous. Even like, wow, even like, you know, casual wrestling fans can identify Flair with Charlotte. And so, he had left WCW two and a half years prior, went to the WWF, came back, and, and WCW was not the same in Charlotte as Jim Crocker Promotions was. You know, um, JT and I went to house shows where there were maybe 500 people in the crowd. Yeah. And this was different. Starcade 93, you, you had a near sellout. Of course, a lot of that was paper, but it didn't matter. The atmosphere was there flair was our our favorite here he was vader was a, a, a fantastic kill they had and, and, and you know flair vader arguably the best match in starcade history i, I think i would put it number one of course yeah. i'm biased but just just had a great match I, I loved the finish even though i've read some people think it was botched i don't think it was botched i think it was perfect and uh I've never been part of a wrestling crowd that was louder than the pop when when Flair got that three count. And like like JT said, that was a great moment. And uh, I had been out of wrestling for a while. yeah. From pretty much early 92 through early 95, I was a casual wrestling fan at best. I just popped in and out, but I would still rank that as one of my all time favorite wrestling moments ever.
2: Yeah, that was. I remember going to see a house show, my first house show, and there was probably 500 people there in the Coliseum, if that, and the Coliseum was, the new Coliseum was blocked off midway and they had the ring up against this curtain. Yep. And there was hardly anyone there and it was, uh, it was pretty depressing. Now we went and saw Flair Savage at WWF show. And mm-hmm. a year later, and they didn't have it cut off. The the lower bowl had a lot of people in there, um, and that was a, a f- another fantastic night. Uh, Flair, of course, didn't regain the title that night like we were hoping, but uh, it was uh, it was a huge. Flair got a false finish and and pinned Savage, and then got caught with the nuts. But when he pinned Savage, the place just blew. And, um, it was great. Uh, we had uh, the, 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 those, I, I remember everything about that night from bulldog and, uh, repo man and high energy against the nasty boys. High energy. Um, yeah. And, uh, undertaker, uh, berserker who they've been, you know, touting berserker with his sword and we see him getting the ring and his sword folded up, uh, because it was rubber. His, his sword and his shield folded up when he climbed into the ring, you know. On the contrary,
1: I can't remember any other match that night except for you and me bringing signs. Yeah, they got right confiscated. And, mm. and, and trying to spoil Summer Claim 92 for everybody. But uh,
2: – Yeah. <laughs> it's still a cool memory. Yeah, I, I remember the the first show we went to together, the one that was barely anyone was there. There was this guy who kept talking to us. We named Bushwhacker, and yeah. he, uh, and he looked like one of the Bushwhackers.
1: Uh, and I will, I will say, even though that tarp was in the middle of the the coliseum for that WCW show in '91, we did get to see a pretty fun Sting Cactus Jack cage match.
2: Oh yeah, I talked about that a few times ago. That was where uh, maybe I didn't tell you about this. No, you that didn't was spot. So we saw Sting. The main event was Sting and Cactus Jack, and Cactus Jack climbs up on the cage, and Sting just reached up and shoved him out of the cage and a house. now took. there's yeah and now there's no <laughs> escape rule in wcw yeah and, and cactus jack took the sickest bump and you just heard this thump on the floor because he went down no hands and hit yeah. you know butt first on the on the mats and then sting followed him out and they fought around the cage that was awesome and then the referee had to get the keys from the timekeeper and open the cage back up and let him back in the oh, ring to finish the match. And it, and it was so unique. And I'm like, this is a house show when they're doing this. Although I didn't know the term house show at the time, but right. Um, but w- you knew it wasn't a television tape. Right. Know. Yeah. And we, we saw some other stuff. We saw the pre-spoiler Bobby Eaton turning healing when he knocked oh, yeah. out Dustin Rhodes. And yeah, uh, we saw, uh, the the Freebirds and the patriots now let me tell you that was a great tag team match that was you know that's up there with rock and roll in midnights so i tell you what
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were but, yeah that was the, the
2: fun times i mean
0: practice jack and sting and, uh,
2: in a cage yeah that, that was cage. a fun match that's one of the better matches i've seen live it wasn't it wasn't a flare steamboat classic as far as like five stars and great reversals and counter-reversals but as far as a match you can get into and have fun with oh yeah that was one of the best ones i've seen absolutely wow Uh, i I,
0: i'm i can't i'm trying to think the best match i've seen live which isn't many
2: i mean the best match i've seen live is probably flare vader but the as far as like a house show match that was the best one i saw and that was toward the end of my
1: my first run as a wrestling fan. I, I got mad when Sting beat
2: Luger in '92, and I quit for a while. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah that was yeah Sting beat Luger. He got mad about it. I'm trying You're to think Sting if you. Either. I, no, I was not happy at all, but I'm trying to remember if you destroyed anything that night. Matt had no, I don't think Matt, I did. No. Matt used to, Matt used to have a bad habit of whenever something would go wrong in sports that he would break stuff. Uh, I think my favorite, uh, and I'm not sure Matt'll remember this until I mentioned it, was the ninety seven NFC championship game. Uh, with the Panthers and and Packers. And the the Panthers just got wiped real quick and matt matt and i were roommates at the time and matt took a hockey stick and beat the crap out of our answering machine i mean into little pieces (laughs) it was it was so bad i got up and left my own house I
1: (laughs) I, i got I do remember I'd been up all night the night before and was probably in no condition to enjoy a football game anyway, but
2: I, it was I my last... 21st birthday, which is one reason I remember it, but I remember just being like, I'm going to go somewhere else and watch the rest of this game. Well, <laughs> I think the last time I, I broke anything like
1: that was survivor series 97. And even though I, I, I knew Brett Hart was on his way out when I saw how it happened, I was ticked off. I, and I killed, a, I absolutely killed a VCR that didn't work anyway, just uh, for the heck of it.
2: Yeah, he, I think I got, I think I got over that phase in my life that night though. Yeah, he, uh, no, uh, the funny thing is, his and I reactions were so different that because I was watching with my friend Mark, and both of us uh, didn't really like. Bret Hart or his gimmick at the time and we were and we were ecstatic because we assumed that Hart was going to do the right thing anyway and get pinned and he just screwed him by making it look like he submitted you know because we and uh we were ecstatic when when they did it we were confused at first and we're like yes Michaels is a champion you know but um yeah we we didn't get that upset about it we're we're pretty excited actually
0: yeah, I didn't destroy anything because I was quite happy with the result. Yeah. Never, never, always respected and liked Bret Hart the wrestler, but the character was never a, a, a real fan of. But I did enjoy the DX versus the Hart Foundation. So any any DX win was a win for me.
2: Well, we have to be careful talking about Bret around Matt because now that Bret's shown like what a miserable person he is, you know, kind of hurts Matt's feelings hey i i don't i mean yeah brett brett is a
1: miserable guy it does seem like but uh in the ring i love the guy so
2: oh in in the ring he's great but it's just everything he does out of the ring you know
1: well i think uh he's not the happiest of people yeah not not not, not a happy i don't think he was happy before that night i don't think he's been happy since
2: yeah well you saw his wife and I'm talking more about her personality than her looks, but good <laughs> lord. Oh. I watched Beyond the Mat, and I had more sympathy for Brett because of Julie than I did because of getting screwed. Was he married to her then? Yeah. But when it, yeah. Yeah, they got a divorce not long afterwards.
0: Okay. I'm thinking about his current wife. Okay. All right.
2: No, no. We're talking about his first wife. Okay. And she, just, she was more miserable than he was
0: that's shocking that could
2: be yeah. true yeah. yeah he uh yeah she she was not a happy person whenever they showed her for anything um and most people know her because during uh wrestling with shadows, she says to triple h come on hunter about wow. whether or not I, uh... he knew what was going on uh, and oh, well, like, I do remember that. I'll and think. people were like, that's proof it's a shoot. She called him by his working name. Or that's proof it's working. She called him by his working name. It's like no wrestlers actually call each other
0: yeah, the, by their the, working I name. I don't think there's a single yeah. wrestler that calls you know, Taker Mark. You know, I've never heard them do that ever. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't I mean, think even Taker's wife calls him Mark. Yeah. Like, <laughs>
2: No, nah, no, she doesn't. She she did on the special.
0: It was a joke.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. How would you characterize your wrestling fandom today?
0: I guess. Ooh, that's a good question.
2: <clears throat> For me, I watch what I enjoy. It's not like it Florence used to. Be... Cassidy. No, it's <laughs> not what I enjoy. It, I I watch what I enjoy. There was a time where. And Matt was the same way uh, because it's one of the things we bonded over was if it was wrestling, we were going to watch it. GWF, NWA, WCW, WWF. If it was wrestling, we were watching it. South Atlantic Pro. Yeah, (laughs) South Atlantic Pro Wrestling. Hey, they had some good stuff. Um, We would watch anything that was wrestling and loved it. And that was what mattered to us. Um, Now – even though I have at my disposal, the type of wrestling I would have killed for when I was 15 or 16, where, you know, almost every single night of the week, or I think depending on how you break it down every night of the week, there's some type of wrestling yeah, <laughs> and you you got WCW or, or, or excuse me, WWE network where you can watch all this stuff. Like, like I would have missed so much school. And when I was in high school over this, you know, um, like Matt would have been like, you want to take wrestling day, and i be like, yeah, and we go to Bojangles, and, <laughs> and get some biscuits, and then watch wrestling all day. You know, um, <clears throat> now that I have that at my disposal, and I'm a lot older. I mean, we're talking about 30 years time. Uh, I'm a fan of what I like, and if I don't like something, I don't watch. Um, if they make me mad, I don't watch. You know, I go. I do keep my network subscription. I go back and watch old stuff. Um, wrestling. I can say this wrestling from the 80s wasn't as good as I remember it being when I go back and watch it, especially like uh, t- TV shows and stuff like that. Uh, squash matches and things weren't nearly as good as I thought they were back then. Um, but, and even some of the main event type matches. Uh, but I, I like that better than what I see a lot of today. You know, um, what I really enjoy is NXT. Uh, and i'd rather watch that than about anything else nxt and uh uk uk i'm a big fan of uh,
0: well, that's a, wow for me It's pretty much close to the same like I I'm trying to watch what what i'm enjoying. I try to, to balance it out so that i'm not getting stale um as far as appreciating other styles, so I'll be I'll watch if it's WWE I'm mostly watching NXT I'll watch Raw here and then I'll watch SmackDown here and there Um, I will watch an AEW Dynamite here and there I think I've watched maybe one episode of Dark Um, but that's also sporadic and I will also jump into uh, New Japan and every once in a while i'll watch some stardom just because there's a lot of hilarity that ensues and i do find the uh the all-female promotions you know interesting and it's a lot it's got a lot better wrestling than trying to watch like uh um wow or or glimmer in my opinion so mainly it's nxt is what i'm watching as well um but the freedom to be selective is also is, is great because you're not sitting there stuck watching something that's like, you know, I really don't want to watch this.
1: Yeah, I, you know, for me, I guess ever since the early, I mean, when I first started watching wrestling, it was give me anything and everything all the time. Then I went through these phases once I got my driver's license, once I started doing other things, once I started growing up, I'd go through these phases where I'd be in and out in and out for Mm. periods of years. And, um, I'm old enough now to know that wrestling will always be there. And, uh, you know, I'll never completely shut it out of my life, but I, I, I am pretty much out on the current product. Uh, I haven't watched anything since the first night of WrestleMania this year. Um, at least nothing current, but I like like J T said, I'll keep my WWE network subscription because I, I watch Mid Atlantic championship wrestling all the time. I watch all that all that stuff I loved when I was ten, eleven, twelve years old through I, I I'll turn that on when there's nothing else on and it's there and I know that I can enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I I miss you know Would you
0: would you rather buy it and have it then keep the network. If it was an option, like buy like a physical copy or just like even a digital copy and keep it rather than keep the script, keep the network.
1: No. Uh, well, I, for one thing, I've gotten rid of a lot of DVDs. And all that don't okay. <laughs> In this digital age, it just saves a lot of space. Um, Same here. and as much as I've moved, <laughs> I don't like moving all those boxes. But uh, I don't have very much, many wrestling DVDs at all anymore. But uh, yeah, yeah, and thanks thanks to them, I, network, I, I don't need them.
2: Yeah, I agree with Matt. It just like uh, when I I, think I was telling Matt the other day when I got Disney Plus, I was like, well, I don't really need my Mar- most of my Marvel disc or my Star Wars disc anymore because they're the same things on there, and I don't have to load them in there. Right.
0: Are your uh, Star Wars discs the uh, the ninety six Theatrical release or the seven no, release?
2: no. If I had an older version, I wouldn't get rid of it. If, okay. And I, and I, if they and if they re-released and said, okay, we're not going to put it on network, but for a hundred dollars, we're going to put out the original versions of the, um, of Star Wars trilogy? on 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 Blu-ray, and we're not even going to qualify them up to Blu-ray ad buy it. Uh, yeah, if they release the originals without the
1: uh, special edition that the the ninety-seven. 97- Versions, yeah, I would do that too. Well, what's
2: even worse is the two is what they're showing now, and what they're selling now is the 2004 2005 version with Hayden Christensen in the yeah, end it's, of it's, Jedi, yeah.
0: yeah. And it doesn't have the uh the Ewok song, which is also trash.
1: Yeah, I have the original Return of the Jedi soundtrack just so I can have the original Ewok song, so nice.
0: I forget it, when it was in the early 2000s, but I bought the the DVDs because I knew it had the 97 version, but it also had the other disc with the original theatrical release. And I said, I know this is not going to be released again anytime soon. So I made sure I bought it um, because I had a VCR mainly because I still had the VHS um, of the original trilogy. So I was like, let me get the DVDs and call it a day. Yeah.
2: Now, if you know how to transfer those to disk, Matt and I wanna, may want to have a conversation with you after this. I do, and I have
0: that, <clears throat> I have such equipment, so. Uh,
2: we might have to talk to you off air. Um, yeah. now, well, especially
0: because we only have one minute left anyway. Yep. All right, well, you want to wrap us up here? I will wrap us up. So folks, thanks for joining us on this bonus edition of Breaking Ring Rust. We would love to hear your stories on how you became a wrestling fan. You can comment uh, in the community, on our, po- on our page, as well as even send us a voice message. And we we'll would be glad to to listen. And if you have questions all around wrestling that you'd like to chat about or hear us talk about, definitely submit them and we'll be glad to have them on the next episode. Oh, no! <laughs>